morning. David, why don't you tell everyone when you got here? <laughs> About 45 seconds ago. <laughs> Perfect timing, I assume. Yeah, literally right as I got the 30 second warning to start the live stream, he walks in the door. It's a perfect time. Kind of a little close there. Oh. <clears throat> right on time. Right on time. I don't know about that. All right, what are you drinking this morning? Your usual crap tea? Earl Grey with honey. Yeah, gross. Her usual. Crap. Pretend coffee. It's delicious. Oh, it's very minty this morning. I think I put too much peppermint extract in there. It's very minty. Anyway, good morning. Welcome to Morning Coffee. I am your host, Brooke Carla. This is my ex-husband, David Miller. We are the parents of Libby, who passed away in a car accident two years ago, which is crazy to say. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that is what this episode is about. We are going to just be talking about what things are like at two years. And I actually have a list of questions because people um, on my YouTube channel and social media have been giving me questions for this episode that they wanted to ask us. So I wrote down all the questions. So I figured I guess we just start with that, with the Q&A. If you guys have any questions you want to ask us, feel free to drop those in the chat. And we are always open books, so we'll answer everything that you want to know. And yeah. All right. <clears throat> How's your day going? <laughs> Why did you walk in here 45 seconds before the show was about to start? That's how time works. Let me guess, you were in bed, not doing anything all morning. Most of it, yeah. 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 Okay. To relax. <clears throat> Enjoy my Sunday. <clears throat> all right. Fair I enough. Sleep well. I woke Sorry. up at 4 a.m. So. Oh, I had a dream of that Wendy last night. Did you? I did. No more. And I don't get those very often, but um, I don't remember. It was two different situations, and they both had her in it. And one, she was really young, like maybe five or six. And I was, I remember I was carrying her and we were like running through places. Like we were trying to run away from someone or like someone was like trying to find us. And we were like, I was ducking in and out of places and I was like holding her. Um, and then I totally forget what the other one is, but it was weird because it was like one dream, I think, but two totally separate plot lines. <laughs> And I just remember waking up and thinking, like, that was weird. Yeah. But it it reminded me when I when I woke up from that. It's always like, oh, hi, Libs. <laughs> like, I missed you. Um, but what really struck me was how much I used her as a security blanket. Which sounds weird. That sounds bad. But like, I'm a super introvert. I talk about those all the time. Like, I am very introverted. And Libby was so like stinking cute and like outgoing, and everybody just loved her. So if I was in a social situation that like I was uncomfortable, I'd always just like pick her up. Or even when she was older, she'd just kind of like be near me. And she was like a little like, oh, okay, Libby's here. It'll be less horrible and awkward. And you know, just like holiday stuff and meeting new people and whatever. Like it was always more comfortable when she was with me. So I woke up and I just really missed that, like that security blanket feeling of like always having someone there to like <laughs> be the buffer between me and other people. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. It was good. It was. My Libby dreams, I never, I always wake up crying. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Just how they how they go for me. It's I think it's it's not necessarily a sad like something sad was happening in the dream. It's just it feels so vivid at the time, mm -hmm. I think, that you know, whether I'm hugging her in the dream or whatever it is, it just feels like she's there. And that's why I think I wake up crying because then it like gets ripped away from me. Yeah. So do you guys have dreams about the people that you lost? You can drop a comment or if you're watching the replay, you can leave a comment underneath. I'm curious because I don't very often. I know you you do more often than I do, I think, yeah. but I don't 
have dreams of her that often. But when I do, they're so realistic. And yeah, it's it's hard. All right. Want to get into our questions? Sure. Sweet. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to read through there, not in any sort of order. So hopefully, I'm just going to sound a little disjointed, probably, because I just wrote down where people asked um, and didn't try to make any sort of rhyme or reason out of it. So here we go. All right, hold on. Rachel. Hi, Rachel. So I miss my son walking through front door with his big smile and dimples. He was a hugger. Gosh, I miss that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Libs was a hugger, too. She called him big squeezy hugs. So she would like try to squeeze you as hard as she could. And, oh, yeah. Oh, I miss that so much. Yeah. That's the one thing I just wish I could have one more of. I know. Just one more hug. I know. Ugh. Well, all right, this could be a rough yeah, one. All right. I'm already kidding. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> all right. Again, if you're joining us, because um, I see people popping in by the numbers here. So if you have any questions for us, feel free to leave them in the chat and we will be happy to answer. But I'm just going to get started on the list that I have. So the first one is Do you still cry every day? Not every day, but. Lately, it's been a lot more often, but um, just certain things like yesterday, you know, we uh, I went on a hike with a couple of my friends, Abby and Andy. Shout out to them because they've been huge supporters for me and, and um, really helping me through some stuff. And um, But we went hiking yesterday to put out some of the rocks that we did um, on her, you know, for her to kind of put around uh, Lancaster and all the different places we went hiking. And uh, <clears throat> one of my favorite pictures that I have of Libby is um, from the trail that we went on yesterday. You climb kind of up to this gazebo area where you can overlook the Susquehanna River. And, um, uh, just, you know, I'm looking at the picture and see the same trees. And I know I was in the exact same spot she was. And, yeah, so <laughs> cried there. Good times. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it is good. It's good to have those memories and, and stuff like that. But um, no, I don't cry every day. It's um, it's been a lot more lately. Um, but if if I had to put a number on it, I'd say somewhere between two and four times a week. You know, or yeah. two and four days a week, I should say. Yeah, you know, just kind of depends on how the week's going for me. Yeah, Sometimes probably more. similar for me. Why do you think it's lately? Just because of the time of year and everything that's I think it's on? the time of year. I think there just have been some conversations I've had and some thoughts that I've had, and and also with the with the stones, putting the stones mm. out and stuff like that. So um, if you don't know, if you don't follow my social media or anything, on the anniversary of Libby's death date. Um, we painted rocks with pictures of like positive messages and things that Libby liked. And we've been sitting them out and like hiding them on trails that we hiked with her. Um, and in the hopes that people will find them and it'll cheer them up and it'll make them smile. And that's just something that we're doing in, in her honor. So yeah, yeah it has been emotional. Concept. It was very emotional for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, okay, I'll tell that story quick. So the very first time we painted the rocks and the first time we were going to sit them out, we went to a trail near David's house and he had a special one in mind for this trail. Was it the laugh? Yeah, laugh. So do you want to tell the story? Do you want to tell the story? Okay, so well, it, it was your memory, but okay, from, tell me if I get anything wrong. So... He had gone hiking with Libby at this one spot, and I guess it was muddy. It was like a boat ramp, and she went running down the boat ramp and totally wiped out in the mud and was, like, covered in mud. And it's one of the best pictures that we have of Libby because she's, like, crying and making this pouty face, but her favorite phrase was best day ever. Like, this is the best day ever. And she had a shirt on that said best day ever, but then she's covered in my <laughs> this like 
totally like depressed look on her face with the best day ever shirt and it's just such a great picture so he had the idea to put the laugh rock at that boat ramp so he sat it there and then we went on the trail and like hid some more rocks and <laughs> came back and the rock was gone and he started flipping out he's like did somebody take the rock he was so angry he's like what happened to the rock and I'm like, somebody took it. And he's like, why would they do that? And I'm like, that's the whole point. <laughs> I did not understand the concept. Because I've found those previously, too. I never took them. I always just read whatever message was on. Uh, no, we, a lot of people just take them. Yeah. And on the back, we put on the rocks, like, for people to contact livelikelibby.org, and they can share a picture of it and, like, tell where they found it and stuff like that. He was just so angry that someone took the rock. I wasn't angry. I just I was upset. Because that one really, it was important to me. Like, whoever found that, please tell us. <laughs> Check us out, at least. Um, Let but, us know. Uh, yeah, it was just, I, I guess I didn't understand the concept. Because yeah. I literally just placed it on top of a giant rock where it was very visible. I was assuming it was quasi advertising, you know, just trying to get people to see live like movie. And no, that's not the concept at all. People take them. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? Yeah. So, well, that's why we're going to do it every year yeah, and then we'll yeah, just yeah, replenish the supply and people can find them. Same thing. And yeah, it was, I, I did much better yesterday in my hiding of, hiding a brass. Okay. So right. it should be a You're making it less, a challenge for a people. little less visible. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> all right. Um so as far as the crying question for me, I would say no. I definitely don't cry every day. Um I'll say to start though, I he is much more of a crier than I am and always has been. Um I've never been a huge crier. We are. You're the first one to make her cry. Like he cries at commercials. He he cries a lot. He's very secure in his manhood. Um, but I I am not. I cry, but I'm not like a huge crier. I would say. Um, <clears throat> I would say probably. It depends on the type of cry that we're talking about. I probably have maybe once a week or once every other week like a good sobbing cry <laughs> um but i have lots of little cries throughout the week like a great example um i went over to their house the other day to visit with max and grayson and david and there were three little girls that went by my car on roller skates as soon as I saw these little girls on roller skates, I started crying. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I do know why. Libby liked to roller skate, and I took her ice skating once, and it reminded me of her ice skating. And just the little, they were the same age, just similar looking. And the one, like, waved at me, and I'm just, like, in my car. And it's just, it's not like a, it wasn't a sob cry, but it was, like, a tearing up, like, I just miss my daughter cry. Um so I get that a lot where I get like, where I kind of tear up, but it's not like the hysterical can't breathe kind of cries. Um, yeah, yeah. That, one, that one didn't get me. Luckily I was uh, I pulled into the house and I saw them go up and like gap in the car and this one girl just wiped out. And for me, it, it flipped back to her first birthday after we separated. Um, I took her, and you know, friends and whatever. I let her invite a group of friends to roller to roller skate. Yeah. And um, her one friend was very able to skate, and the other one, uh, Karina, was was not able to skate really well. So she was falling a lot. And of course, right at that moment, one of the girls just went down. <laughs> it was just like this flashback of of Libby and um, Libby and Karina. And I was just like, oh. Luckily, I was talking to my mom though, so I was able to hold. You held it together. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So hopefully that answered the crying question. Not it's not daily anymore, um, but at a minimum weekly. And again, it just depends on the type of 
cry that you're talking about. Okay, so we have a couple comments I'm gonna throw up here. Jill says, we are grandparents of a 16 year old grandson who died a year ago. Our grief is pretty intense at times. Yeah, I can imagine her grandparents who were caregivers early in his life. I think she finished. I think she. Oh, yeah, down here. To finish my thought, we grieve for our son and grandson and have a great sense of loss. How do we cope with this all? It's a process, Jill. I mean, you're a year out, a year. It's still so early. Uh, and yeah, it, <laughs> it's it's just a process that you have to go through. And I would say acknowledging it and feeling your feelings are probably the biggest things for me. Um, I think that people, what get, gets people stuck the most is not allowing themselves to feel all of the emotions. And I know I was guilty of that for a while too. So just letting yourself feel everything and not trying to ball it up. Um, talking about your grief and kind of telling your grief story is super helpful. Don't, don't, you know, one of the big things, and we've, we've said this before, and my aunt was, was, was big on this too. She kept asking me, am I doing it right? Like, don't, don't worry about how you're doing it. Just do it. You know, um, the grieving process is, is unique to every single person um, because your relationship with the person that you lost is different. Brooke and, I, Brooke and I have very different relationships with Libby. So our loss um, and the way we grieve is very different. And we were just talking about that the other day. You were bringing up like a, a show or something that she watched. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of things that Libby did with you that she did not do with me and vice versa. Um, so allow yourself to go at your own pace and don't worry about what everybody else is thinking um but like brooke said as much as you're you can and are willing to talk about it i think that is a huge help i think it, to get anything out yeah. um is a huge help to kind of work your way through the process there are some times where people bottle it up and um they don't they don't get out some of that emotion that needs to get out and by talking about it i think it can it can really release some of that emotion that you have kind of bottled up and yeah bottled 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 i'll say that five more times <laughs> i hope that helped jill if you have any other questions just yeah. just holler um rachel okay one more thing don't want to hog the time rachel don't worry you're fine <laughs> that's what this is for after two years all of a sudden i'm contacting the rescue squad and trying to get the information about exactly what happened that day yeah that's tough that's i mean i think that's natural to want to know everything um i would just be careful that you don't yes uncover things that you don't that you can't get out of your head i mean i think we ran into this and and really the one the one thing that that people ask me a lot about with libby is that we didn't get to see her after she died um they wouldn't let us near the car at the accident site and they didn't let i'm I think at the funeral home they would have let us, but they basically said, please don't. Like, don't we? <laughs> they had a bunch of people there telling us, like, we can't stop you from seeing her, but you do not want to see her. Two things with that. One, your brain kind of comes up with thousand things pictures on its own, want me to see it. which is horrible, but in my personal opinion, not knowing was way better than having that concrete memory that I can't get out of my head. Yeah. So that would be my advice. Obviously we can't tell you what to do and we're not like, you know, uh, that is a really hard question, but you can't unknow what you find out and that would scare me. 
I think because a lot of times the more you know, the harder it is to get over things. And I'm afraid that would be the only thing I would see. Yeah. For the rest of my life. And that's not how I want to remember Libby. Um, and I'm sure it's not how you want to remember your person is uh, in that moment of, um, you know, when they passed. And that's, that's not what we want to remember. Um, so, again, I, we both went through this, you know, um, when the police report came in. Um, I read that and um, I, I, luckily, there was nothing really in there that, you know, any description of Libby's you know, how she was or anything like that. Um, we never got an autopsy report, thank goodness. Um, those are things that, looking back at the time, again, they they tackled me and said, no, you're not allowed to go there. Um, and I am thankful for the first responders that did that because at the end of the day, it would have probably haunted me and, and made my grief process way harder. Yeah. For sure. But it's hard not to wonder i know that so yeah it's a tough one i feel like the more details you have the more it is to have to i was going to say get over but that's the wrong word the more you have to deal with sometimes it the not knowing is hard but sometimes not knowing is better in some cases and i'm not trying to talk you out of whatever you feel like you need to do in your heart like we no. said grief is 110 percent individual do whatever you feel like you need to do but i just know for me sometimes i'd rather not not know oh, okay yeah. i hope that helped jill <laughs> That was Rachel. Okay. Sorry. I'm just trying to go through all the comments here. Did you do anything on the first year anniversary coming up on two years in May? So on the, we kind of decided right away um, that we were going to do something. Uh, Olive Garden jumped out of this right away because Libby loved Olive Garden and she was obsessed with noodles. So we kind of knew right away that like Olive Garden would become part of our tradition. So we go there on the anniversary of the day she died and on her birthday. Um, the first year, a friend of mine from work had given me a paper lantern to light. So we got together with our boys and we lit a paper lantern um, at night on on. Yeah, that anniversary. So it was beautiful, but I have since learned that they're not that great for the environment. <laughs> and I remember thinking as I saw it flying, like, what happens if this flies into a tree or something? <laughs> it's like a flame. I don't know. It kind of freaked me out. But yeah, then I kind of heard they were bad for the environment. So that was when this year I started kind of thinking of other things to do. And that was where I came up with the stone idea. And I, I don't know about you, like, I love the stone idea. I feel like that perfectly encapsulates Libby's personality and that's something she would love to hear that we're doing um and it's meaningful for us so yeah that is kind of how we came up with that and then her I think it's all about finding things that just remind you of your person um on her birthday this year for the charity that we started in Libby's honor, Live Like Libby, we have started a basket bingo fundraiser to raise money. And we're now doing that on her birthday every year. So every year, and it's nice because like her dance friends come to that and it's raising money for dancers and dance was like the most important thing in her life besides her family. <laughs> and it, it just fits with her, you know, raising money for a good cause, helping people, which she'd love to do. Um, yeah, so it's just about, uh, I think each person's thing will be individual based just on what your person was like and enjoyed. And it doesn't have to be anything huge and significant. It could be, you know, making a meal that your person liked or, 
watching a movie that they liked or donating something to a charity in their honor. You know, there are a million different things that you can do. And I think just recognizing that and making sure that it's something meaningful to you that reminds you of your person is what's going to make it special. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, like we're, what we're doing. It can be their favorite meal is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Just have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day. Or, you know, on the network. It can be something just, again, I think if it's important to you, um, it's at the end of the day, it's helping us as, as the grievers, the people, you know, we lost, we're trying to, um, just kind of help ourselves get through yeah. that day. So. Well, I mean, grief is for the living. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's more about us. Um, okay, kind of continuing this one. So my son was an older brother to my son. He's only two years younger. Oh, that's hard. So they were best buddies. How do I get my living son to open up to me? He hasn't talked about his feelings. I'm afraid he's burying his grief. Well, Tannis, we can relate to this one. <laughs> because our middle son is exactly the same way. And I wish I had magic advice to offer you with this one, Um, but we have yet to really find anything that's worked for us. Our middle son, we took him to like four or five different therapists and he didn't like any of them, didn't wanna go, thought it was stupid does not really ever talk to us about how he's feeling. Um, very withdrawn about the whole thing. We did get a text this year, that, you know, telling us, hey, thinking about you, hope you guys didn't have a rough day. And, and then a response for me was that he was struggling. You know, he had actually opened up that he was struggling a bit, which is more than. Yeah, that was kind of shocking that he actually years, sent so. that. Yeah. But again, it might just be time for him. You yeah. know, it just might, he might need more time. Um, it's hard. Um, I think the, the biggest thing you can do is just make sure your son understands that it's a safe conversation, that you're not going to judge him for however he feels yeah. about it. Um, you know, for our son, I think he has survivor's guilt. You know, he would have been in the car typically, but um, took an extra shift at work. And I think he struggles with survivor skill a a bunch um, more than he's willing to admit. Yeah. I think the age, I don't know how old your son is, but I feel like the age also contributes to that. Um, You know, teenagers and young adults, just from all the research that I've done in the courses that I've taken, they are much less likely to open up to parents and that's like a typical thing um and actually i did find out that my son he 17 yeah see our son is 18 it is a rough a rough age and i if it helps ease your mind at all um i did find out that our son talks to his friends he doesn't talk to us uh, about it and some of that is that he doesn't want to upset us um, and he doesn't want to bring it up because he knows how you know hurt, hurtful it is to us. Even though we can say a million times, like, we are a safe place. Feel free to talk to us anytime you want. We're super open about it. We talk about Lindy all the time in front of him. So he knows that it's okay to talk to us, but he just does not feel comfortable bringing anything up with us so but he talks to his friends um, and I, I do know that. So it's a possibility that that he is yeah. working through things in his own way or with other people and you're just not seeing it. So that, that is my hope. But even if he's not teenagers, especially teenage boys tend to internalize, internalize their feelings. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't try not to worry too much <laughs> and, and there'll come a time when he can talk about things Please. with you. I think. Yeah. When he's ready and when money, you know, comes to terms with, you know, what happened and everything, it's, it's, it'll definitely happen at some point. At least I shouldn't say that. I don't know that for sure because, but that's what we hope with Gray, you know, um, and Max is, Max is the same way for us, honestly. He, he'll talk about it, but he doesn't talk about it a whole lot. But I, I think the larger thing for Max is he knows, he knows how much it upsets us. And I think he, 
doesn't want to discuss it with us because he's afraid we're yeah. going to get upset and he doesn't like seeing us crying or whatever else. And, you know, my fault, I cried too much. He probably was like, oh, God, no, it's not comfortable. No, I think that's a good thing for him to no, see. No, I think it's a good yeah. thing for him to see, but I think he's still uncomfortable with it, you know. Um, you know, he's 21. And, you know, it's still somewhat of an uncomfortable thing for him. Yeah. Rachel says, okay, bye. Oh, you got to go. <laughs> Love you both. We've never met, but we have a connection because of our children. Yes, we do. It is the club that no one wants to be in. And I'm sorry that you are in it. What was that? I think you missed a couple on top. I think you missed Sorry. I'm scrolling back. Um, yeah, we kind We're of we answered. This is two years. So, Tony from Grief, let's talk about it. Good morning. Good morning, Tony. I hope you're doing well. I have pictures of my mom on my phone just before she passed and after she passed. Every time I open my photos app, that's what I see. Your pale face and hands. I see that every day. Oh, pictures are, man, <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with modern technology for that reason um, because we are bombarded every single day with pictures of Lizzie. And it's the same. I have pictures of my mom the day that she died and I'm holding her hand and her arm looks like a skeleton and it's just a horrible thing to see. So yes, I, if you can, I talk a lot in my videos about doing like a digital detox and kind of getting rid of things that you don't need to see every day. If you could like block notifications and things like that. Um, might be a good idea to just take a break for a little bit if it's bothering you. After a while, I think I was about to say you get desensitized to it, but you really don't. <laughs> it's the ones that pop up that you're not expecting that are the worst. I have had the, my my Google Drop or Google Drive or Cloud OneDrive, I guess this is that popped up four days ago, and mm -hmm. I have not been able to slide it away. I just it's been hanging out there because it's a, it's a huge series oh, of photos. It's a great picture of her too. Um, that now it's not going to open now that I clicked on it, but it's a huge series of photos, and it was shortly after um, Brooke and I had separated, and Libby just grabbed my my camera and took a bunch of pictures of us sitting on the sofa, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's probably twenty or twenty five of them, and it's just I can't bring myself to close that right now for whatever and it's been up for four days just sitting there on my phone it's the only thing i can't close right now yeah and i hate having things like hanging out on my phone so it's a tough one yeah pictures are hard pictures are hard that's yeah. rough tina said thank you thank thanks for your huge hearts to share your journey your deep pain and bravery you guys are oh thank, thank you to aileen eileen <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate it you know what it's it's our pleasure i feel like we do not talk enough about grief um and honestly it helps us to talk about it too one of the most important things in grief is just getting stuff out there and having somebody to talk to so it just happens that like we're talking to people out in the interwebs but it, it's helpful for us too so I'm, I'm glad that it's helpful for other people Okay, um, no more questions in the chat at the moment. If you do have any, feel free to drop them down there, but I'm gonna keep going with the list of questions that we got from people on my social media accounts. So the next one is, are you taking any medication? I do not, I've never taken any medication. David never has, he is very anti-medication. Um, I am currently, so currently I am on uh, Zoloft, on a low dose of Zoloft. But I have pretty much been on that like <laughs> my entire adult life. So that is not necessarily, I've struggled with depression forever. So that's nothing new for me. Um, when Libby died, actually before Libby died. Yeah, because I went through the months where my dad died, then my stepmom died, then my mom got cancer, then Libby died. Um, in that time period, I started having really bad panic attacks. So I went on medication for, 
It was like anti-anxiety and uh, panic attack meds. And then <clears throat> a couple weeks after Libby died, I um, talked about this very openly. I had an incident where I was thinking about walking out in front of the trucks by her accident site and um, voluntarily enrolled myself in a day program at a mental health facility. And while I was there, they also, they kind of tweaked my medicine. So I was on like <clears throat> the anti-anxiety and I was on, they bumped up the Zoloft and I was also taking Ambien to help me sleep because I wasn't able to sleep at all. Um, and I was on those for a while. Um, I took the anti-anxiety stuff like every day. It wasn't just when I had panic attacks. It was like a proactive thing. And then I would say probably the whole first, I think it was the whole first year that I was on all three of those things. And then I started weaning myself off after the first year. So I stopped the Ambien first. And then I went on a lower dose of the two medicines I was on. And then I ended up stopping the anti-anxiety medicine pretty recently. Mm -hmm. It was over the holidays. Yeah, it was over, it was over the Christmas holiday. Um, I stopped taking that because I had time off of work and I wasn't sure how it was going to affect me. And it was rough for about a week. <laughs> I was, it, it was a rough week. Um, but then I sort of adjusted and I haven't gone back on that. So now I'm just taking the low dose of Zoloft. So. And just to clarify, I'm not against medication. I don't personally take medication, but I think medication is, is important for, certain people in their journey. I think it's, it's, um, whether it's just to help you get balanced for a while, you know, I, I always, for me personally, medication, I never want to get, I never want to have to rely on that to get through my day. And that's my fear is that if I get on, start something, I'm going to get to where I need it all the time. And I, I've never wanted to get there, but if, if I, if I was bad enough that, you know, I was struggling with some of the things that you've struggled with. I would certainly, you know, think about doing medication. I'm just, whatever reason I'm able to balance myself out, um, see the world in a way yeah. that, that I don't need it. But I think it is important for um, a lot of people. And I think it does help a lot of people. Yeah. And I think it's one of those other things that people don't talk about. And I'm not sure why. Like if there's just a taboo with it or whatever, like I'm super open about it. I had, I mean, man, at that point after Libby died, like it scared the crap out of me sometimes. Like I, my heart was going, I mean, I felt like I was, my heart was going to burst out of my chest. Like my heart rate would go up. I would get sweat, like cold sweats and be shaking. Um, and it was scary. Like it was really scary. And the medicine definitely helped just to kind of even that out. So I didn't have those like violent episodes where I was afraid I was going to stroke out or something. And then that scares you even more, you know? So yeah, it, it was invaluable to me. So, yeah. um, so hopefully that was helpful. Yeah. I say take what you need. Don't take more than you need. My mom, I forget what my mom was on. My mom took all kinds of <laughs> meds and was on it like her entire life. Um, and I did not want to be like that. So I, you know, did try when I felt like I was able to handle things. That was kind of why I started to wean myself off of things. So kind of like you, I did want to be like reliant on it. If I didn't need it, I don't want to like over medicate myself, but man, did it help when I needed it. Yeah. Um, okay. The next one, can you function normally every day? I would say yes. Yeah. You kind of have to. Yeah. In, in some ways you, you, you manage your, you manage your moments. Um, you manage your moments. It's, it's certainly like I, I have times during the day while I'm at work that I 
something pops up and it reminds me and I struggle with that, but I've figured out ways to kind of take myself away from that situation, take a break, whatever it is to kind of get myself composed again. Um, so yes, I, I, I function normally most days. Brooke might, <clears throat> might question whether or not I function normally. <laughs> What does that mean? I don't know, 30 seconds. Well, yeah, yeah. That's normal. It's for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's about a half an hour too late for you. Yes. Normal is uh, normal is what you you know depends on how you define normal. So it's the new new normal for us. Yeah. I overfunction. <laughs> if that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah. Um I function too well as like a coping mechanism, I think, if I'm being honest. Brooke struggles to enjoy a day. I you do. Know, if, if she fills her day with with all these other things to keep herself occupied. Um, but it's it's a struggle at times when I think you need some downtime. Yes. And you don't allow yourself that downtime for whatever reason. Truth. <laughs> Truth, but as far as as far as oh, I got a Amazon package, as far as getting up and going to work and cooking meals and what it's like functioning on a daily basis, yeah, and I, I don't think it's anything other than we really didn't have much of a choice. I mean, I had to go back to work. I had a a month that I was able to take off because I used sick bank days at work, um, but then I had to go back and had bills to pay and a mortgage to pay and two boys still at home at that point to take care of and drive around and i, I kind of had to keep doing things so yeah. that was really why <laughs> yeah. um let's see but i will say it's it's gotten easier yeah over i mean obviously it's much harder when you're you know not too far out from your loss, but as time goes by, it's, I would say it's easier to function on a daily basis. Not that it, I don't want to say it gets, the grief gets easier. You still have the grief. I think you just learn how to live with it. Yes. Like this year for me was, was a rough year. So if you're talking about normal, I was able to go to work. I was able to get work done, but was I a hundred percent? Not a lot of the time. Um, just mentally, I struggled big time this past year, um, with, with everything. Um, but I was still able to go. Was I as, um, as uh, on top of my game as I should have been? No. And I just had a review with my boss the other day and I told him as much, you know, like I just, it was a bad year for me. Um, just mentally, I struggled with, so be, besides Libby, certain things that were going on in work too, that just kind of, you know, slowed me down a little bit and just didn't have me as focused as I should have been, but I was still able to do things. I just wasn't at my best. Yeah. I should say. I think since this is a two year anniversary kind of thing, I will say what I noticed in the second year, the first year is kind of just survival. The second year it kicks in like this is going to be like this forever. <laughs> like this is not going away. Like this is it. I've lost my daughter. She's not coming back. And you have to learn to live with that giant hole in your heart um, and just keep going with that. And it, so there's definitely, I know for me, there was a slump, a definite slump where it was like, holy shit. like. Uh, like I'm <laughs> it might get a little easier but it's always gonna be there and now like this is my life and you have that moment of like oh like what's the point like if I'm gonna have this hole in my heart and this pain forever like what is the point of going on um so it was definitely wrestling with that a little bit for me um but I think the key there at least for me the key was finding something else to focus on, like finding a purpose. So the the things that we do in honor of Libby gives me purpose. 
you know, raising money for dancers, running Live Like Libby, the grief work that I do, you know, writing my book, that kind of stuff. I just, that's really what has gotten me through is finding other, other things to live for. And I think helping other people is a great way to do that. Yeah. I think what you're doing is, is, is great, especially for you. I mean, that's your personality is one that you need to kind of immerse yourself in, you know, as you did, just learning as much as you could about grief. And yeah. and now you're at that point where you're on the backside of it. And you're, you know, now you can share um, your insights and everything that you've learned. And that's what you do well. So, Thanks. you know, with the book and everything else coming out, I think it's, um, you know, it's going to be. It'll be good for you to to be able to do that stuff. And for me, it's the live like Libby. That's, you know, that's the thing I like the most is, yeah. you know, the stuff we're doing with that. Um, I'd like to do more, but I think this year was, you know, the, I think the basket bingo will be better this year. Um, we learned a lot last year, but um, we do, I think, want to add some more things throughout mm -hmm. the year to, to uh, help raise money and stuff like that as well. So that'll be stuff I kind of, hopefully jump into a little more yeah um okay so it was hiding in your phone how do you do that because i don't want to erase the photos uh so my mine is a one drive you know my any photos that i take i back up to multiple sites whether it's google photos OneDrive, um shutterfly i've got stuff everywhere so i get notifications all the time so yeah, we weren't talking. I wasn't talking about deleting any photos. It's like I get Facebook memories that pop up, and I use Shutterfly, so Shutterfly pops up with memories. So those are the things that I've turned off those notifications so that they don't kind of hit me out of nowhere. Um, I don't. I uh, get three, four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. And, and some of them are, you know. Some of them are good, you know, at, at a time I need them and they're good memories and, and they make me smile and laugh. And other times it just depends on where I'm at. They freaking punch me in the gut and it is what it is. But I, I don't know. Me personally, I want all of those. Um, I love being reminded of Libby every single day. So for me, it's, you know, some days I don't get anything. You know, I'll get pictures, but they're work pictures or something like that. And I'm disappointed a little bit. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. That's surprising. See, I'm the opposite. I do not like yeah, no. them popping up. I've said this before. Like, I set aside special time where I go through photos and videos when I'm here alone because I know I'm going to cry and it's going to make me feel like shit. <laughs> I know like I'm going to feel all the feels so I do that at a particular time on my own I I hate when stuff pops up that I'm not expecting because then it's just like ugh. like it gives you you know it's like that gut punch for me and I I like to be prepared unlike some people <laughs> I know I prepare for things <laughs> and when things happen and I'm not prepared for them not don't enjoy that as much i just wing it yeah you do at this point life is <clears throat> that's what it's about oh gabrielle thank you i got a super sticker i really really appreciate that that is so nice thank you for your support that is so people can buy super stickers and like thank yous and stuff on youtube okay. so that is i just earned $13.99. So that together, and I just got a a super thanks on a short yesterday. So that makes my total earnings for all the stuff that I do um, $23.99. It is 23. That's, that's his favorite number. So yeah, unnecessary, but much appreciated. Thank you. Your shared messaging is very impactful. Thank you. Thank you for watching. Yes. If you guys weren't watching, we wouldn't be able to do this. So we're glad that it helps as well. We are already at 50 minutes and I still have questions. <laughs> Should we just keep rolling? Sure. We can cut in. Actually, some of these we probably answered a little bit. So somebody asked, how will you keep Libby's memory alive? And we talked about we do the rocks. We do the Live Like Libby um, charity to raise money for dancers. And honestly, 
pretty much every day I ask myself, like, am I making her proud? Like, am I doing things that she would appreciate that she would have done? Um, everything that I do, like grief wise, making videos and, you know, writing the book and all that kind of stuff. It, it's all because she would be proud, you know, <laughs> and, and that's, that's how I'm keeping her memory, memory alive. Um, let's see. <clears throat> Have there been any positive changes or growth in your own lives that you can attribute to your grief journey? Certainly for you. <laughs> I, me, yeah, definitely. I'm doing things that I've always wanted to do, but never had the confidence to do or never really had um, a reason. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But like I've wanted to write a book my entire life, but never thought that I had anything important enough to say until I've gone through all of this grief. So. Um, that is definitely a positive. It's given me a chance to do that. Another positive for me definitely is that I am, I stress way less about things than I used to because little things just don't even matter anymore. Perspective. Yeah. Huge amounts of perspective that I didn't have. Um, I... I'm just rattling off my list of positives. You, you, it's it's changed you fundamentally in, in yeah, good ways in, and bad ways, but a lot of positive things have come out. Um, unfortunately, you know. Yeah. We, we talk. About it sucks that it took something so terrible right. to but change I think things. I think that's a testament to you as well. To you know, you, you've taken this tragedy and. and really kind of embrace the changes that you needed to make in your life um, for you to be, you know, the version of yourself that you want to be. Um, I think you felt so much pressure as a mom and as a wife to do certain things and as a teacher to do certain things. And now perspective is giving you like, Hey, it can all change tomorrow yeah, in, in exactly. such a fundamental way that, um, you know, um, I'm glad that you got that for yourself. I think I was getting there a little bit prior to you, but you know, it's life is life is the moment. Enjoy the moment. You know, I, I kind of go back to um, a lot of our hikes that, you know, we went on hikes all the time with, with the kids. I did uh, specifically, especially after we separated and, um, I have so many hikes that we did, but I don't have a ton of pictures because I was just enjoying that moment. You know, I didn't that's take good. the time. I know, I know. And that's what I'm saying. I, I think in the past we would be like, oh, we've got to pose for all these pictures and get mm -hmm. all this stuff. Um, and you kind of forget, you know, oh, it's got to be on Facebook and everybody's got to see how happy we are and whatever else. And uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, all that matters is those three kids yeah. and the time that we spend together and the family and, that's what really matters. This the small stuff matters, not some of this crap that we, you know, worry about that really has no effect on our year or life five years down the road. Yeah. Truth. Truth. Um, let's see. How have your relationships with friends and family changed? You've gotten a lot closer with friends, I would say. I, I don't I don't think that I've gotten a lot closer with friends. I've not had a, a whole, my friend circle was always very small, but uh, I think when, don't take this the wrong way, but when we were together, <laughs> I, I didn't have friends. I, I really did I not. Um, so, and I don't, you know, I don't really have a large group friend now. I have, you know, I have a lot of people that I'm acquaintances with that I play soccer with and I, you know, I do that stuff with, but I've got two really good friends, Abby and Andy, that, you know, they've been great support for me. So, um, that's that from my, my side, friends, that's what's changed for me. I've, I've come closer to a couple of people that, you know, and, and Andy's a 
you know, new to that group, not, not since Libby. I really didn't know him a whole lot before mm-hmm. Libby. Um, but, uh, my family, that relationship really hasn't changed. My family was always, we were pretty, pretty tight, but we kind of do our thing where, you know, we go long stretches without talking to each other. And that's how we, we were all, but yeah. they all love and whatever else. So for me, it hasn't changed for you. It's, <laughs> I yeah, that's almost impossible for me to answer. Friend wise, like I have people who are just amazingly supportive to me. Um, but I've realized, I guess, with loss, how important it is to have people that you can be honest with and be yourself with, and you don't have to put up a front. Like people that you can. I walk with my friend Bianca every week and she'll listen to every mundane detail of my life. And, you know, any, anytime I need to talk about Libby, she's there for it, you know, and it's awesome. And it's, I'd rather have one friend like that than like a million friends that I feel like I have to be someone else or can't dive in and be the real me. Um, so yeah, family, it, my family's like non-existent. <laughs> I lost my dad and my mom and my stepmom, even though I didn't really ever talk to her. Um, so my family has just kind of been obliterated. And I don't think your family changed, though. I think it was just never real, real tight. We were never super close to begin with. And we're still, it's one of those things we love each other. We're family, but we're, we're still not super close even my brothers and I with even with all the loss in our family everybody kind of does their own thing and it's sad I wish it wasn't like that I've always wanted it to be different honestly um but it's just kind of how we were raised I think and it's unfortunate um do not recommend (laughs) so so really honestly David's my David and Max and Grayson that's my family even though we're not married anymore, it's still, you know, he's the father of my kids. So I still kind of look at you and the boys as like my, my, the boys, obviously, but <laughs> that's like my family. When I say we're having like a family dinner, like that's the family that I'm talking about, even though it's like weird, you know, <laughs> it's like a bizarre situation, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Normal rules don't apply when you go through shit like this, I don't think. We're friends. I mean, I I think, again, like you said, we're family. And I'll always kind of look at you that way as well. But, you know, we we lean on each other a lot. Um, You know, it's you you always said, like, I'm sorry, I always come over. But it helps me, too. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. It's... You know, weird as the whole thing is with us divorced and whatever else, it's it's still a relationship that is supportive and helps both of us. I think we've known each other from junior high, so it's yeah, okay. it's hard to find somebody else that's known you for that long. <laughs> um, okay, and then have you found any resources, books, or groups that have helped you? Yes, there's a great one coming out called Grief Sucks, But Your Life Doesn't Have To. It's Aww. by this wonderful author called Brooke Harlock. And uh, go get it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, shameless plug. My, <laughs> I hope it's helpful. I don't know. People have told me that it's good. But yeah, it's coming out soon. Um, actually, I will drop the news here first for people who are here. Uh, April 6th. Oh. April 6th. Thing is, I, hope I know. I hope it's either the sixth or the ninth, whatever the Tuesday is. I think it's sixth. Uh, that is the release date of my book, so it is ready to go. It will be available pretty soon for pre-order. Um, so yeah, grief sucks, but your life doesn't have to. And it is a no BS guide to getting through. You don't get through grief, um, <laughs> surviving grief, and hopefully finding a little bit of hope in your future. Um, As far as resources and things that have helped me the past year, I've read so many, I can't even, (laughs) can't even narrow it down. Uh, If you're on YouTube, I really like Joe McRogers. She was a guest on one of my shows. Um, And book wise, 
Oh my gosh. Uh, I've always said my favorite grief book that I ever read, if you are early in grief, or even if you're not early in grief, it is called The Irreverent Grief Guide by Elizabeth Kupferin. She is awesome. Um, and that was the book that helped me the most when I was in my early grief. Just very no nonsense, kind of like me, swears. If you don't like swearing, you won't like either of our books. Uh, <laughs> Good. We're just both very honest and and real. So that was the one that really helped me. And yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all of the questions that we have. Last comment here. It's a good idea to set up a special time. Yeah, that's if you can. I mean, I mean, it's difficult to control those emotions if something hits you. I mean, by all means, let it out. I don't ever try to like hold anything in. But I. Also, I'll use, like, for my videos, I use, you know, videos and, and pictures of Libby in some of my videos, and I know when I'm going to be looking for them that it's going to hit me, so I just kind of set aside a time where I'm going to go through those photos and figure out which ones I want to throw into a video or, you know, post on social media, and, and I always prepare myself ahead of time, so I know that it's coming, so. I know you don't. You just... <laughs> well, that's why we say grief is individual. Do yeah. what is best for you. There is no right or wrong. No. It's, uh, it's a journey. It it's is. Not, a, not uh, unfortunately, something we're all in, but uh, make it your own and do it at your own pace. And um, if you can find somebody that you can really talk to, that mm -hmm. is a huge part of it. Um, I think. You know, we we don't talk about it enough in in our society about grief and just a lot of different things, mental health as well. Um, those are all things sure. that should be more normalized uh, discussions, and they're just not right now. So, yeah, let's uh, start talking about. Yes, it. let's talk about this shit. <laughs> all right. Oh my gosh, we've been on, been on over an hour. So we are going to let you guys go. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if you have any more questions or anything else you want to talk about, or if you have any ideas that um, you want to see you know, people as guests, things like that, any topics you want me to cover, please let me know. I am happy to try to find people. Oh, Woo! I don't know what happened. That was really weird. Everything just kind of shut down. But Lori asked, did you end up deciding to self-publish your book? Yes, Lori, I did. Um, the process of traditional publishing would have taken me about another year to do, and I didn't want to wait that long. But I will tell you, it is a challenge, self-publishing. Um, it is a lot of work, a lot more work than I was expecting, but I am excited about it. So yeah. Stay posted. If you want to, you can uh, join my newsletter at brookcarlock.org. If you get on my newsletter list, then you get all the notifications. I'm going to do a cover reveal coming this week. Um, so you can kind of stay on top of the book news and when everything's being released and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is not. Um, I just checked on Amazon to pre-order. It's not, it's not there yet. I will let you know. <laughs> so yeah, stay. You can either go to brookcarlock.org and, and sign up for the updates on the newsletter or um, just watch my social media. It will be probably in about two weeks that it will be available for pre-order. So. Thank you. Thank you for watching. All right. Thanks, everyone. We have taken up enough of your time, but we appreciate it so much that you are watching. And I will see you next week. So my guest next week is my brother. Uh, if you've heard me talk about my brother, yeah, you can see You'll David's face there. You will that. want to tune in for this one because this is the brother this should be a shit show. that told me uh, four months after Libby died that I should get over it. When are you going to get over this already? Um, he is a shove his feelings down to his toes person. So I am super excited. I cannot even believe that he agreed to be on the show, honestly. So you will want to tune in for that one. Tony, Tony, check this out. It'll be a Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be amazing. So tune in next week. I will see you guys later. Sending love and hugs as always. Thank you so much.
We all know that grief can leave us feeling alone, unmotivated, and even hopeless. That's why I'm so proud to have partnered with HelpText to provide a full year of ongoing expert support to my subscribers. HelpText has individualized support for caregivers, people dealing with a difficult diagnosis, or grieving the loss of a loved one, pregnancy, or even a pet. You answer questions at sign up to get specific support just for you, including two texts per week and even extra texts on special or difficult days like birthdays or anniversaries. And the best part is if you sign up using the site linked in my description, you'll get a 10% discount off of your subscription. Thank you so much to HelpText for offering this deal to my subscribers. When life gets hard, getting support from HelpText is easy.